Hey there, and welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast platform. I'm Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy, and I'm so happy you tuned in to another episode. And if this is your first time, welcome to the platform. On here on the Black Health Academy podcast, what you can expect to hear are ways in which you can finally take chronic health challenges and put them in remission, put them behind you. Our mission is to eradicate the most common chronic health challenges, which disproportionately impact people of color. And so all of the talks, lectures, conversations that you hear here on the platform are all intended to do just that. If you haven't already, please be sure to join Join us at www.theblackhealthacademy.com. That's where you can join our complimentary membership, where you can register for our monthly first Saturday class, Get Planted, an introduction to a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And that's also where you can check out our two signature coaching programs, Farm to Table plant-based coaching program and the Other 23 plant-based certification. Again, that's www.theblackhealthacademy.com. The episode you're about to hear is all about discipline. This is a replay from a live talk that I did on social media just a little bit ago. And in this talk, I am sharing three tools that I personally used in order to master discipline. I know discipline is one of those characteristics that a lot of us struggle with for a while in an effort to achieve our goals in life. So I'm going to share with you the three main tools that I've used to become a more disciplined person. Enjoy. Hey, hey, welcome back. Welcome back. We're talking about discipline today. Today we are talking all about discipline. I'm excited to share three tools that I have personally used to improve my discipline. So it's about to get good because I know discipline is a characteristic that a lot of people may believe they don't have. A lot of people may believe that uh, maybe you're just born with it. You know, maybe it's Maybelline, right? Like, how do I become a more disciplined person? And for many of you, um, it may be a situation where you're like, you know what? I just, I can't buckle down. I can't do it. And discipline is one of those things that I kind of, I've gotten complimented on several times by people close to me in my life as they watch me just be disciplined in some things. And they're like, how? do you do it? And I've had people say, listen, you're a disciplined person. I'm not. And that's also not true. Discipline is definitely something that can be acquired. And so I want to share three tools that I've used to improve my discipline over the years um, and become really disciplined and regimented in my life. And this is in every area. This is not just health. This is not just weight loss. This is not just, you know, financial. This is across the board. Discipline, once you have it and once it becomes a part of who you are, it is transferable to any area in your life. So that's the good news, right? This is a characteristic that once you master it, it's going to improve every single segment and area of your life. So let's get into it. Let's talk about discipline. This should go quickly. All right. So I'm going to go over three. I'm going to start from the bottom up. All right. So number three, um, one of the ways that I've been able to improve my discipline over the years is by using scarcity. 
So essentially what that means is um, my ability to enjoy certain activities is predicated on what I did before. And it's also predicated on how accessible they are. So let's talk about scarcity to start off with. Right. So I realized early on, like in order for me to discipline myself in certain areas of my life and but specifically around my health. Right. I needed something to look forward to. So that's number one. And this is like many of you, right? It's like dessert after a meal, right? Something to look forward to. So the way in which I was able to kind of institute this rule into my health, and one of the examples that I use a lot of times in many of my lectures is around my water, for example. For many people, drinking water on a regular basis is not a problem. Drinking enough water on a regular basis is where it becomes a, a, a bit more challenging. So the way I discipline myself around drinking water, for example, many years ago when I just started on my weight loss journey is I told myself that the rule was I don't get to have wine unless I've drank my gallon of water for the day. Now, this doesn't mean that I drink wine every single day. It doesn't, you know, it has nothing to do with how often I drink wine. It's just if I don't get this unless I've done X, I don't get Y unless I've done X, right? X always comes before Y. And that increased the scarcity of the wine. And but it also, when I say scarcity, it means what I can have, right? So that means, you know, when I can have it, but it also means the accessibility, right? Like I don't get to do this until I've done that. And this, if this, then that, I guess we can call it rule, really, really works for me. And so what I begin to realize is that by the time I got to the wine, so if I did my gallon of water for the day, by the time I got to the wine, for some reason, it tastes better, right? For some reason, it just went down smoother. For some reason, I took my time and I really like cherished that glass of wine because it was earned. Now, it was earned based on a rule that I made up, you know, in my, <laughs> in my personal life, but it worked. And so by creating scarcity around this activity, that I wanted to do or this thing that I wanted to eat or drink, it really inc increased the amount of pleasure that I derived from it, right? So this, if this, then that, right? Um, and so what I learned, what I found, and I learned this the hard way too, because, you know, sometimes as adults, we can give ourselves like these great excuses as to why, you know, you should be able to do what you want. I've had a long day. I need a glass of wine, right? Regardless, you know, forget the fact that you barely drank, I don't know, 20 ounces of water today. You're like, I had a long day. I need a drink, right? Um, or I'm really stressed out. I need a piece of chocolate. I'm really, you know, stressed out. I need some potato chips. But the discipline comes in like the, those things don't taste that good if you always reach for them whenever you want them. When you always do that activity whenever you want to, like no matter what, when you tell yourself that this emotion is tied to this behavior, it somehow decreases the amount of pleasure that's derived from that activity or that food. And I'll tell you, attaching food to healthy behaviors and outcomes versus attaching it to negative situations and outcomes really changes the taste of it as well. So what I mean by that is a lot of times, um, I know a lot of my students, they say they eat a lot of sugar or they eat a lot of salt or they eat fast food and junk food or whatever because they're emotional eaters. And so they do, they make the decisions to engage in these activities out of stress-based situations, right? I was, I felt overwhelmed. I felt angry. I felt lonely. I felt sad, whatever. And so we attach this 
seemingly pleasurable experience, even though it's not healthy for us, to this negative emotion. And so that really diminishes the amount of pleasure that you get out of the chips, that you get out of the french fries, that you get out of the, the wine. However, when you attach that behavior to something that's good for you, like, okay, I drunk my gallon of water, now I get me a glass of wine, right? You know, I've eaten my plants all week, I'm going to treat myself to a plant-based cookie this weekend. It tastes different. It feels different. You know, I've been regimented with my money all month. I'm going to go ahead and take $100 and splurge on something I want, right? As opposed to impulse shopping because that's your go-to activity when you feel bored or you feel whatever. So the whatever the activity is attached to previously, whatever's predicated, um, determines the pleasure that you derive out of it. And so I realized that very quickly, right? So this scarcity creating scarcity around the activity or creating scarcity, you know, around the food or whatever really helped me to be disciplined because it didn't taste good when I grabbed it just because I was bored or when I grabbed it just because, you know, I saw a commercial and all of a sudden I have to have this burger, I have to have this chicken, you know, it really made me feel bad, honestly, right? But when I made a rule in my life, like, oh, you know, I can't scroll on social media until I do so many hours of work as an entrepreneur, because I work from home, I work for myself, and it's very easy, you know, to get distracted if I wanted to, because nobody's, I, there's no oversight, right? Nobody's timing me or clocking me. And so when I say, okay, I don't get to open my email or, you know, scroll on social media until I've maybe done my workout for the day, meditated for the day, and did X number of hours of work, that makes that scrolling so much sweeter as opposed to mindless. There's less guilt attached to it. Whereas if I started my day on social media, if I started my day, if I started my day with, um, you know, with, in my email and scrolling and doing all these things on my phone, after so much time, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this, you feel guilt. Like, I know I'm supposed to be doing something else. I know I'm supposed to be productive right now. I know I'm supposed to be in the gym by now. I know I'm supposed to, you know, be up making my green smoothie. And so creating scarcity around the activity um, or around the behavior or around the food is one of the things that really helped me to get disciplined because I'm like, this tastes so much better or this feels so much better once I've already done what I'm supposed to do. Okay. So that was the, that's the first thing that helped me with discipline is creating scarcity around the activity. Even though it's a hundred percent available to me, a hundred percent of the time I created rules in my life that said it wasn't available until this, you know, why isn't available until X has been clear. So that scarcity that I couldn't, I could taste that glass of wine before I got to it, right? I'm like, oh, I only got, you know, like 18 more, you know, ounces of water left before my gallon is cleared. And then I can, you know, treat myself to a glass of Malbec, right? So that, that really, really helped. And the same thing kind of with my productivity and my work day now. Like I could easily wake up in the day and turn on the TV, turn on Netflix. I could even have it playing in the background while I'm in my office working, but I choose not to because I really want to look forward to TV. And so the more of something that we give ourselves that we give ourselves that that brings us pleasure, the less pleasurable it is. Right. So there's this concept of diminishing returns like, yeah, you may. um you love grandma's mac and cheese. You love your mama's dressing. But how much better does it taste when you only have it at Thanksgiving and maybe again at Christmas? But if you can have grandma's mac and cheese or mama's dressing every month, right, there's going to be diminishing returns. It's going to be less and less 
pleasure to look forward to. And so that's what I realized about the things that bring me pleasure in my life. Yes, this is, I want to do them. We have these urges to do these things that bring pleasure all the time. But controlling that urge by implementing scarcity is really helpful because you don't, you don't get the diminishing returns. You actually get more pleasure now, you know, out of that out of that food or out of that activity than you would have gotten, you know, had you not delayed gratification. But the key here to delaying gratification, again, is not just putting it off for a few hours. It's literally making sure that a behavior um, that is beneficial for you comes before it. Okay, so it's just like not watching TV until you got a hard workout in. When you crash on that couch or whatever, or in that living room or whatever, it feels so much different had you just sat there and never worked out. So you have to do the activity first, and then you get way more pleasure out of what you're looking forward to later. So that's number, that's the first thing, but we're going in reverse. So let's call that number three, right? Creating scarcity. The second tool that I used to master discipline was integrity. So this makes me think like the simplest example of this, because I used to be a personal trainer and I think the simplest example when it comes to integrity is kind of like thinking about a personal trainer or if, have, if you've ever worked out with a personal trainer. So you ever have a personal trainer, a personal trainer job obviously is to, you know, coach you through a workout, really, you know, try and push you to your limits, make you, you know, pull more out of you than you would have given on your own, right? And it's like simplest form, right? That's the job of any coach, honestly. But you, you ever have, I, I remember I had a personal, I've had a lot of trainers um, in the last several years. And one of the most recent ones I had, it was a guy who's an older gentleman, used to be like a professional boxer or something like that, um, just really athletic. And he was really used to working with a lot of older, not older, but a lot of um, really athletic men, like athletes, things like this. So when I came to him as a client, you know, um, number one, I was a woman. And then, you know, number two, I wasn't a former athlete. I was just somebody who just wanted to get my body in a certain shape. And I remember he would, you know, make the workout for me. He would tell me, you know, what to do, what weight to use and how many reps. And on several occasions, especially at the beginning of our, you know, client trainer relationship on several occasions, the reps he would give me wouldn't be enough or the weight would be too light, okay? And usually, and I know people did this to me when I was their personal trainer, usually clients will just do what you tell them to do, even if they have more in the tank. <laughs> just like you said do 12, I did 12. You said do 10, I did 10. You said do it with, you know, the 12-pound dumbbells, I used the 12-pound dumbbells. And so for me, integrity here, a lot of times we define integrity as, you know, how we treat other people. But I take integrity a step further with also like holding myself accountable. And integrity to me is telling that trainer like, you know what, you told me to use the 12 pound dumbbells, but I could have really used the 15 pound dumbbells and low key, I could have did five more reps. Right. So. The thing, one of the things that really helped me with discipline essentially is this integrity piece in saying that I had more to give that I could have gave, right? I wasn't given what I could have gave, right? Um, and so developing this mindset around good is not good enough. 
So evicting this good enough mindset is one of the ways that I develop discipline. And what I mean by that is I'm just equated to my work, for example, as an entrepreneur in my business, you know, I might get some work done for the day. And based on what I've gotten done for the day, you know, the average person may say, like, that's a full work day. Like you did, like, even though I know I still got more to give, like I still could like there's some stuff I can start today to shorten my day tomorrow. Or there's, you know, maybe one or two people waiting for me to reply to their emails. And although, you know, I've done a lot of work today, I could steadily put this off. We do this all the time. We put stuff off until later, until tomorrow, until next week, when we easily have the capacity to do them now. To me, that's integrity. Like I have more left to give. This is not overworking myself this is not grinding to a point of detriment to your personal health this is just look it's two o'clock in the afternoon I could totally reply to these people um, but maybe it requires me to go research something maybe it requires me to go look at my paperwork for something and I technically don't feel like doing it but I have it to give like I could get I can reply now and get this done to me that's integrity and that's discipline because a lot of times, you know, I, a lot of times we stop when we want to stop as opposed to stopping when we're really finished. And so just like the example I gave earlier of working out with a trainer, yeah, the trainer might've told you to do 15 reps, but you knew you could have definitely pushed it to 20. And that's the integrity piece right there. Like applying that to every area of your life is all about like, am I giving all that I have to give or I'm just stopping? Am I just meeting my quota? Oh, I said I was going to work to three today. Two more things came in, you know, that I could technically get done, but it's three o'clock. So it's quitting time. We do this with jobs we don't like, right? Like that's going to have to wait and <laughs> let it be Friday. That's going to have to wait till Monday, right? But so for me, integrity is really about evicting this good enough mindset that good is good enough and really, you know, doing better. I, re I realized that doing better than I was loses his appeal quickly if I still have more to give. So even though I, you know, maybe we wanted to lose 40 pounds, when I lose 30, I could be like, you know what? I look good. I'm feeling good. I'm getting all these compliments. You know, I, hey, I, 30 is good. Like, I'm going to let my foot off the gas here and cruise through these next 10-pound weight loss. Maybe I lose it. Maybe I won. You know, maybe it'll be one pound on, two pounds off, you know. But no, you said the goal was 40 pounds off. And so really keeping my pedal to the metal for the entire duration of what's required to reach the goal is um, what really helped me. And I and that that personal trainer example was really real. Like I remember, you know, working with him and being honest and being like, you know what, you told me to, you know, punch the bag for 60 seconds, but I'm barely winded. You know, and I know clients, and I used to watch clients when I was a personal trainer and watch them like stop when I say stop. And I'd be like, you, you stronger than what I assessed you as like, and you know, and so he used to do the same thing for me. He didn't think I could like push up the 30 pound dumbbells on a chest press because he's like, you're a girl. He's used to working with men. And so it was my responsibility to have a level of integrity that said, this is too light or this isn't enough. Or I can be pushed harder. And when I did that with other people who were coaches or whoever in my life, I began to do that to myself. Like, Lisa, you got more to give. You you could totally, you know, 
even though the workout that you planned today only went this long, you got more to give. So maybe just do treadmill for 15 minutes before you get up out of here. Like you got more to give. And so that discipline, tying it to integrity really helped because that's what helped me push myself even more, even harder, even stronger, especially like in my business. Like you have more to give. So stop acting like just because you met your quota, it's enough. Right. So that's number two. The final way that I improved my discipline, and this is probably the biggest, biggest one by far. But the final way that I improved my discipline is um, alignment. Right. So first we got creating scarcity. Second, we got integrity. And this final one is alignment, meaning I am fulfilled in my life. Now, listen, most of us, when we say we lack discipline, that usually means that we're giving in to things that bring us pleasure. So that might be sugar, that might be potato chips, that might be fast food, junk food, you know, that might be chilling, like a Netflix and chilling as opposed to working out when you're supposed to. Um, that might be spending money when you know you're supposed to be saving for a particular goal or, you know, putting that money towards paying your debt off quicker, you know, um, you know, whatever the, the activity is, right? So when we say we lack discipline, we're usually saying we give in to pleasurable experiences when we're, when we technically don't want to, right? So like this lack of self-control, all right? And this addiction to pleasure can a lot of times be a symptom of a lack of getting pleasure where you're truly supposed to derive pleasure from in life. So let me make this clear, okay? The reason I'm not addicted to pleasure, the reason that I was able to finally kick my sugar habit a couple years ago, for example, um, is because those things, whether it be sugar, whether it be impulse shopping, whether it be scrolling on social media, whatever it is, watching TV, none of those things can bring me as much pleasure as serving does, as my work does, as me being obedient to what I'm called to do does. So I'm so fulfilled in my career and I'm so fulfilled in my relationships. I'm so fulfilled in my uh, personal development and where I am with my relationship with myself that those things can never give me pleasure beyond what I'm getting in these other areas of my life. So what happens is so many people, they spend so many hours of their life doing things that makes them miserable, like staying in spaces that makes them miserable, whether that's at a job, whether that's in a relationship, you know, staying in spaces that makes them miserable. So in order to get some relief from that misery, many people have to have a pleasure activity, whether that's eating, like the, eating the fried food, eating the junk food, you know, whether, you know, that's shopping, like I said, whether that's scrolling on social media, you know, gossiping and being in other people's business, you know, the latest celebrity news, like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things in general, right? I'm not bashing anybody for doing any of those things. What I'm saying is when you have to have those things, in order to get any type of pleasure or satisfaction out of your day, now it's a problem, right? I'm not saying everybody that scrolls on social media is bad or everybody that eats, you know, some fast food is bad. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when that's your only source of pleasure, when that is your biggest source of satisfaction, now we have a problem because you are unfulfilled somewhere. And so it's this lack of fulfillment 
that drives you to have to have the donut, to have to have the fast food, to have to have, you know, three Netflix series in a row. Like the being sedentary, you know, being lazy, being whatever, just underperforming in life sometimes comes because you're not getting pleasure where you're naturally, innately supposed to derive pleasure. And so when I'm coaching, when I'm teaching, when I'm working, when I'm creating content, right, I, I have finally found my lane, right? My gifts and my talents are at the perfect intersection with my purpose, right? They're colliding perfectly with my purpose. And so that fills me up. That makes me happy. And so whatever is coming after that, is not going to be matched by what I'm doing now. And a lot of people don't have that in their lives. They So we know that the majority, a lot of people, the number one thing they hate is their work, right? Is their job. Like they want out. They've outgrown it. They, you know, it no longer fills them up. They're not contributing to the role as much as they used to. And or, you know, the work is just not aligning with their true gifts, talents and and or desires in this season of their life. And because they get so little pleasure out of, you know, the first eight hours of the day, they have to seek it. They have to have it in that next, you know, that next 16 hours of the day. And so that is the third thing that really helped me be more disciplined is because alignment when I felt when I got the dopamine hit from being on the stage with a mic in my hand, when I got a dopamine hit from being in front of my students and teaching, when I got a dopamine hit from, you know, creating content and curriculum in my programs, um, when I got a dopamine hit, when I got a review from a student who said I really changed their life with my content, that could never be matched by a donut. That could never be matched by a bag of potato chips. That could never be matched by anything I could buy anywhere. And so I'm not in pursuit of pleasure. Like I can engage in things that make me happy, whether it be from food, whether it be from skipping a workout or whatever, but it's not going to last. For me, the pleasure comes from my work, what I do. For me, my pleasure comes from my healthy relationships. And so when you are not fulfilled in your life, it's more difficult to be disciplined because you have to find pleasure somewhere. Because you're not getting it where you're naturally supposed to get it. And so that lack of fulfillment typically um, doesn't go, go doesn't go well, kind of collides with your attempts at being disciplined because that, that lack of fulfillment. And I know this to be true in just speaking with a lot of my students too, right? When we're talking about, you know, their ability to give up SOS, salt, oil, and sugar, when we're talking about their ability to stay away from meat and stay away from animal products, it oftentimes comes back to, you know, there it was it was an emotional decision to eat that stuff. And that emotion typically is either loneliness, sadness, um, unfulfillment. It's like they just haven't reached this place of um, autonomy of their life. They haven't reached a place, a place of self-actualization. And so because they don't have that happiness, maybe their marriage is unhappy. And so they need, they need, they got to drink. They feel like I got to drink to get through or, you know, to go home to this person. Right. And so because so many areas are broken, it's harder to be disciplined. And so one of the ways, you know, you obviously course correct this um, is by repairing these situations, putting together an exit strategy to get out of that role if it doesn't serve you or you don't serve it anymore to, you know, pivot or repair that relationship, do what needs to be done in that relationship so that it brings you pleasure so that the cookies don't have to bring you pleasure. 
right? Or so that the TV doesn't have to bring you pleasure. You don't have to lose yourself in somebody else's business on social media anymore um, because you, you're so busy in your own business, right? And so that's, that's the part. That's the number one thing that helped me stick to my like no sugar in my life. I'm like, oh my God. Like when I finally, you know, just began to live a life of radical obedience and really only did what I was assigned to by God, only did what I was called to do. Like I don't deviate out of my lane. And the temptation to deviate from obedience is strong, especially in the beginning. The temptation to deviate from radical obedience is really, really strong and can really test you. However, you know, when you stay the course, when you build that relationship with the higher power, when you really, um, but most importantly, you know, operate from a state of faith and abundance and not a state of lack um, and fear, then when you're when you're obedient in that way, discipline becomes easier and easier. Because when you're disciplined enough to be radically obedient in your life so that you can get the pleasure from natural sources that don't degrade your health or degrade your pocketbook or, you know, de degrade your self-esteem, um, then it becomes easier to be disciplined in it when it comes to your food. Then it becomes easier to be disciplined when it comes to your water. Then it becomes easier to become disciplined when, you, when it comes to your exercise. Um, but it, it all starts with being disciplined enough um, and, you know, in, in faith enough to be obedient first. And that was the number one thing that took it over the top, you know. But I started with the scarcity, as I mentioned, uh, followed by the integrity, right? Really giving all that I have to give and not just stopping to meet quota. And then finally, radically being radically obedient, that alignment. Those are the three things that keep me disciplined on a regular basis. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, so I hope this was helpful for you guys. Let me know, you know, what your biggest challenge is with discipline, how do you define it? How do you look at it? Um, can you see one of these three tools that I share being beneficial for you? I would love to know. Either shoot me a DM um, or drop a comment right below if you're watching this in the replay um, and let me know, you know, how you assign, how you align discipline, what's been your perspective on it before um, and kind of what you think now. Okay, listen, and if you are in the market to take your health to the next level, I would love for you to join me inside a firm to table. Um, enrollment is open. We're going. Uh, the spring 2022 semester is starting in just a couple of weeks on Tuesday, April 26th. So we about to get litty. All right. It's going down Tuesday, April 26th. Um, the spring 22 semester from the table is kicking off. So just visit LisaAngelSmith.com and um, come get this help and LisaAngelSmith.com forward slash work with me. And listen, this is, uh, you know, I think the fourth one that I will probably add on here, just like as a bonus piece. Um, it's exactly what we do in Farm to Table, which is <clears throat> having accountability from somebody. But what I found is that a lot of times people will have accountability and will be disciplined in a program that has a, a time stamp on it. Like it ends in 10 weeks, it ends in six months. But people fall off and tend to lose their discipline after that time is up. And so in order to maintain that level of discipline after you've exited from a program or stop working with a coach or whatever it is, you have to institute those other three things I talked about, that scarcity, that integrity, and that alignment. Um, really, that's going to be really important because when you're in a structure of a program or with a coach, sometimes it can give you a false sense of discipline. You think you're, you know, you, you have a false sense of support and that's because you have all these bumper rails up. 
right? And so what's your plan when that support isn't there anymore, right? Like there's nothing wrong with working with people or working in programs long term, but there has to become a point where you develop these characteristics and you really develop the ability to self-assess so that you can sustain yourself outside of the structure of a program. And so self-discipline is one characteristic that you obviously want to master so that you can stop jumping from program to program and process to process, but you can get the tools you need in the program. And then you also have the discipline to execute them outside of that structure. And that's going to be really important as well. You know, we're meant to be you know, codependent on each other, codependent from a healthy standpoint, you know, meaning we don't shouldn't do everything on our own and DIY everything. Um, however, there are some character traits that you have to develop in order to be successful. And discipline is one of them. Um, so make sure, you know, you really think about those three things that I listed today. Um, but starting in a structure is really helpful because they can a, a good coach can help you see your blind spots. So that's LisaAngelSmith.com forward slash work with me. Come on and join me inside of Farm to Table or come on and join me inside of the other 23. Until next time, y'all. Ciao.